FreshBooks makes ridiculously simple cloud accounting software that's completely transformed how millions of freelancers deal with their day-to-day admin and paperwork. Here's how they've done it. FreshBooks has basically taken all the really annoying admin and paperwork tasks small business owners hate doing and turned them into simple, intuitive, and dare I say it, even enjoyable moments. Enjoyable, okay, it's accounting. No one ever enjoys accounting except accountants. Let's just say that, but FreshBooks makes it good. You can use FreshBooks to create and send invoices in about 30 seconds. There's no formatting and no formulas, just really simple, clean, and professional-looking invoices. Your clients can pay you online, which can seriously improve how quickly you get paid. If a client forgets to pay you on time, FreshBooks will handle the awkwardness with customizable late payment reminders. FreshBooks has also cracked the code of effortless expense tracking by importing expenses directly from your bank accounts. Next time you use your debit card for that business lunch, watch the transaction magically appear in your FreshBooks account. That's totally liberating. Their mobile app lets you take pictures of your receipts and FreshBooks organizes them for later. It can create expense reports for you and also make claiming expenses at tax time a breeze, which is really important for entrepreneurs. This is only a tiny sliver of how FreshBooks can transform your entire perspective on dealing with your paperwork. To feel the full effect of FreshBooks and to claim your 30-day free trial, just go to freshbooks.com bulletproof and enter bulletproof radio in the how did you hear about us section. That's freshbooks.com bulletproof and enter bulletproof radio in the how did you hear about us section. Bulletproof Radio, a state of high performance. What if there was a way to level up your energy, get rid of stress, and take more control of your body? Welcome to Quantum Upgrade. This is a new technology that taps into quantum energy to help you feel amazing. Quantum Upgrade has a lot of different products that help protect you from EMF and help activate your body's natural healing abilities. You can expect better sleep, more resilience, less stress, and better blood flow. The cool thing about Quantum Upgrade is that the products are backed by a lot of heavy-duty scientific studies, and there's a new measurable upgrade. You can now use Quantum Upgrade to increase your consciousness levels between 1,400 and 2,200 on the Hawkins map of consciousness. If you don't know what that means, do some research because it's impressive, it's fun to learn about, and it's something that I've come to understand. Ready to try Quantum Upgrade? Visit quantumupgrade.io slash Dave for a seven-day free trial. What if there was a way to feel younger for longer? Well, there is. Your body needs something called the NAD plus molecule to help you age well. When you're young, your body makes a lot of NAD plus, and that helps you make energy, it helps you keep your DNA healthy, absorb nutrients well, and it protects your cells from stress. But once you hit about 30, your NAD plus levels start to drop. The good news is that longevity scientists have found some things that can help, like niacin, niacinamide, and niagen. They help your body make more NAD+, even as you age. All three of these are in an amazing formula called Qualia NAD+. Check out Qualia NAD+, risk-free, for up to 100 days at neurohacker.com slash Dave15 to save an extra 15%. That's neurohacker.com slash Dave15, Qualia NAD+. It's what I use. You're listening to Bulletproof Radio with Dave Asprey. Today's cool fact of the day is that guided imagery or visualization now has some new research out that shows that 10 minutes of imagery can reduce your blood pressure, lower cholesterol and glucose levels in the blood, and heighten short-term immune cell activity, and even reduce blood loss during surgery and morphine, uh, or I say in morphine use which is kind of cool. Less painkillers just from a little bit of guided imagery. Kind of cool stuff. 
I've heard that a lot of people in the biohacking community and just people want to take care of themselves have had trouble with how much they overpay for life insurance because life insurance companies haven't caught up with all the new science that changes the way different types of, of food and exercise and diets are viewed by the scientific community. Life insurance companies are still telling you to eat fat-free toast and crap like that. Uh, so, for example, if you're committed to the Bulletproof diet, you might have an increased level of good cholesterol called HDL that's protective. But some life insurance companies are gonna lump all cholesterol into one negative category based on science that's actually been rejected by the American Heart Association, but the life insurance companies still do it. And that decision can increase what you pay for life insurance. So if you're listening to this podcast, you care about your health. And a company called Health IQ advocates for health-conscious lifestyles, and they think you should actually be rewarded for it. So they use science and data to get you lower rates on insurance from the health companies, things for people who are health-conscious, cyclists, runners, even vegans and vegetarians, weightlifters, people on Bulletproof. In fact, research has shown that people with a high health IQ are 42% less likely to be obese and have a 57% lower risk of early death, and they get to be in the hospital less. So a lot of people don't know their health IQ, and they don't know that their health IQ can save them money on life insurance. So it's worth checking out. Right now, Bulletproof Radio listeners can learn more and get a free life insurance quote by going to healthiq.com bulletproof. That's healthiq.com bulletproof to learn your health IQ and to learn more about life insurance for people who pay attention to their health. If you're a regular listener, you've heard me share my list of top 10 biohacks. Let's talk about number nine, fun hacks for the bulletproof mind. It may sound weird, but hanging upside down is a great way to hack your brain. Regularly inverting trains your brain capillaries, making them stronger and more capable to bring oxygen to your brain. It's pretty straightforward. More oxygen in the brain means better performance. I get my daily stretch and my dose of oxygen with my teeter inversion table, which is so essential for optimum focus, concentration, and mental energy. That full body stretch elongates the spine and takes the pressure off the discs so they can plump back up. Less pressure means less pain. If you have back pain, even if you've been lucky enough to avoid it so far, you really want a teeter to invert every day to keep your back and joints feeling great. For over 35 years, teeter has set the standard for quality inversion equipment you can trust. My friends over at Teeter have decided to show some love to Bulletproof listeners. For a limited time, you can get the Teeter inversion table with bonus accessories and a free pair of gravity boots so you can invert at home or take the boots with you to the gym. To get this deal, which is a savings of over 138 bucks, go to getteeter.com bulletproof. You'll also get free shipping and a 60-day money-back guarantee and free returns, so there's absolutely no risk you to try it out. Remember, you can only get the teeter with bonus accessories and a free pair of gravity boots by going to getteeter.com slash bulletproof. G-E-T-T-E-E-T-E-R dot com slash bulletproof. Check it out. Today's show is really cool because we're recording live here at Bulletproof Labs Alpha on Vancouver Island. And today's guest is a friend and someone who's done a lot of work for me. His name is Dr. Barry Morgulin. And Dr. Barry is a gastroenterology and endoscopic surgeon from UCLA Medical Center. And he's spent 35 years in practice. So very well-credentialed guy who's traveled around the world teaching other doctors how to perform surgery without just opening someone up from you know, navel to sternum, instead going in with a little endoscope. But that's not what we're gonna talk about. We are going to talk about the fact that over the last 35 years, He's been traveling to China and learning these amazing Chinese energy healing techniques that make him one of 12 living grandmasters of his energy medicine tradition. 
So I'm going to ask Barry about that. You're going to learn what he's done for me. And, and Barry's not exactly a famous guy, but he's supported presidents of countries. Uh, when Tony Robbins goes on stage, quite often Barry's been in the back of the room helping him out. Uh, when I had the opportunity to speak on Tony's main stage, uh, people said, oh, you know, Barry, like everyone on Tony's staff loves you, Barry, because you've been there a lot of times. And I, when I first heard about you from our mutual friend, Jay Abraham, who's yeah. also been on Bulletproof Radio, uh, was, Jay's like, I can't tell you what he does, just he does something interesting and unique, and you like him, go meet him. So we met, and you put cups on me, you did all sorts of stuff that really most UCLA surgeons don't no. do. So, so first off, welcome to the show, and, and I want to get into your story. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me come. You, you graduated from medical school in 1973, right? Uh, right. I started practicing uh, around 78 and then began uh, into gastroenterology and boards around the 80s. So really, I went full force, I'd say, around 1981. All right. So the year after I was born, right. you, you graduated from medical school and then yeah. you've been going out and working ever since then. Yeah. And... You searched the world, though. You didn't just go to China. What other places have you been to learn about energy medicine? Uh, you want the short version or the long version? Give me the interesting version. The interesting version, okay. Um, you know, it was, uh, let's see, 35 years ago, yeah, when I started practicing. But I, I was uh, going, you know, I always used to come in through the emergency room. So I'm coming through the emergency room, and I see hear the people, you know, in pain, and I'm walking up to see my patients, and uh to, re- to discharge them, they're, they're all doing well. But one patient, Ms. Rodriguez, I sat on her bed and said, you're doing great, Ms. Rodriguez, you can go home now, it's wonderful, and the sun was shining through the window. And, and I said, wouldn't it be great though if you didn't have to go through this at all? What if you never had to get these tumors or diseases and you know, you could avoid this whole hospital, you could get stronger through time. You actually could, you know, instead of having this downhill course that people think mm-hmm. life's about, because uh, she wasn't 21. Uh, much older, that you could actually become healthier with time. And she's such a sweet old lady. Maybe you could imagine your grandma or something. She mm-hmm. takes my hand. She says, if anybody can do it, you can do it. Go try. And so in that scene with the sun in her hand and me feeling this anyway, I just, after that, uh, it just kept bugging, bugging me. So I said, I'm going to do it. So then I went on and started a search for the next, uh, you know, 25 years looking for what would do something for people to allow them to not only, um, not get sick, but actually get stronger through time. And your capacities to be able to function, whether it's sports or whether it's writing a, a play or whether it's becoming, a, a, inventing something, uh, all those things are within us, but people get waylaid by you know, illness or distractions or all your kids. It's a lot of things. What if you became really, really effective? So I started looking for that. And um, I went to what, uh, let's see, Italy, Germany. Italy, Germany, uh, all Europe, um, 13 different countries, South America, Central America, all were great. Uh, but I still didn't find what I wanted. And I went like every three months, I had other doctors covering my practice. So you go down, uh-huh. like, you went to South America, let's say. Right. So you go down, you show up, like I'm, I'm a big bad Western doctor, and you go back 30 years, huge credibility, white lab coat, people, oh, yeah. they sprinkle flowers in front of you. Right. Uh, not really, but but you're, or a baseball hat. Yeah, very very well respected. In other right. Ways. Yeah. And what would you ask for? Well, f- no, it was the way I'd worked it out was always I would be able to teach okay. there, and I would get to teach first. And I figured through the doctors there, they must know everything that's in their community. So by offering my services to help out, and uh, I'd 
I would go like every two or three months and I would just call different doctors at different hospitals in different cities and say, would you want me to come and demonstrate some of the things that we know in advance? Because at that time in Los Angeles, UCLA was very, very advanced in gastroenterology. So it was a real plus to visit other places and discuss and go over things because doctors really wanted to find out what's going on the other side of the world. Okay, so There's before cell phones. So you would show up and, mm-hmm. and you'd come with great credentials yeah. and you'd say, all right, so I'm going to show you my Western medicine things. But then you had to be like, I want to know the crazy stuff. Like, what would you ask these guys for? Because they're also doctors, but they know maybe more of the local traditions. Yeah, yeah. What would you say? Six, six, six to eight, eight years of asking people, well, you know, I understand that you're, you, what you're using here in the hospital, but so are we. But do you have anything so where you don't have to use uh, medications? Do you have anything where the person can like avoid coming to the clinic or seeing the doctor? And in some places, you know, almost every place had something interesting. I mean, France had um, aromatherapy, okay? And aromatherapy is great, but it wouldn't replace, it wouldn't allow people to get free of having to do this whole routine of getting sick, going to the pharmacy, buying drugs, taking the drugs, then have side effects, then have to take care of the side effects, and then maybe the problem's still not done. So time, money, everything's lost. And what I want people to actually be spending time with their family, spending time, you know, at their job, spending time being, you know, creative. So the goal was each time to say what else you have and so in germany they had wonderful electrical machines you know about many of them and sure. in those days they had the rife machine which they still have i've had actually, one myself, yeah right. and with a, like 150 things that you can electrocute yourself with and you sit there like this and there's nothing incorrect about any of the people uh even in brazil with all the crystals and crystal beds and crystal mountains and you spend all this time meditating there is fabulous uh, but it wasn't something I could bring a whole crystal cave back to UCLA. It wasn't something I could have you have at your home because my goal was that each person, remember, could be their own physician. Mm-hmm. You'd be your own doctor. You just keep yourself healthy and well, and then you start to become your own guru after a while because you're hooked into staying healthy and happy and, and in peace, uh, not worried. So each place was just phenomenal, but Central America had all these huge herbs with these big leaves that they were burning and you, you know, everybody would inhale all this and there would be altered states. But again, I wasn't going to get that through the IRB at the hospital. The, <laughs> they're they're going to, what leaf, where, who's checking, what's... So that wasn't going to go over well. So I had to keep looking for a long time. Uh, and it wasn't until, I think, after about, oh, eight years, I decided uh, that I don't think there's any other place. I think I'd logged up to 150,000 miles wow. airtime. And I uh, had lot, taken a lot of time off work, but I had a big practice. I was very successful Still am, but I mean, I was at the peak uh, very soon in my career, both teaching, being at UCLA, having a practice, and being able to go around and instruct. Weren't you a little concerned that your colleagues would think you were crazy pants? Uh That was very important. Um, I tried my best just to tell people that, why why do we need to cover your practice? What's the reason? And don't you need to stay here? Your practice is going to fall apart. Why are you going? And I said, well, I'm going to, I told them what I'm looking for. And they went, oh yeah, right. You're going to find the... uh, a fountain of youth. No one's found that yet. You're wasting. You're wasting time. And so they would heckle me every time. Yeah. Every time I'd come back. And uh, finally, it, as I said, about eight years into it of leaving every three months, they, one guy said, "Well, you find it yet?" And I said, "No." He says, "Well, you're never going to find it." He says, "It's just too. It doesn't exist." And so that time I made up my mind. I said, "The only place I haven't gone is China." But back then, China was not China today. It wasn't like Manhattan Beach. I mean, Manhattan in New York, uh, landing there, it was completely different when I finally went there. It was just rickshaws, bicycles, uh, crowded uh, streets, very almost no cars, and uh, not a wealthy population. So when I got to work there, 
Finally, I had the opportunity when I was in one of the hospitals to read some books uh, that had pictures in them. And those books had um, pictures of people treating somebody, but not touching them, not, not doing anything that, and the person was getting well. So I asked the doctors I was working with there and they said, uh, yeah, that's the source of all of Chinese medicine. That's the source of everything. That's, remember, we're the Middle Kingdom. You know, they still had all that information mm -hmm. from those days. And whether you're a Western doctor and believes it or not, that's their culture. And it actually is very useful to know the principles behind that. And they said, all this has a source, and that's the source energy people. And I said, great, when can I meet them? They go, impossible. You'll never, <laughs> you'll never do it. And I said, why not? I said, because they're not here. They're not in the cities. After Mao, they were all sent into the mountains, and they don't come down very often at all. Uh, and they're not very nice. They stay up there, and people have to go there who want to get treated, and it's treacherous working your ways up the mountains. And also, they may not treat you, except for a huge expense. In those days, somebody could tr be treated. Uh, I, I was shocked. You know, this is 25 years ago. People say $10,000 a treatment. Good God. And it was amazing. But and what happened is uh, I got to see it happen. I got to see people getting treated when I finally made it up there. How did you make it up there? How did you establish Well, the, um, the trust. Uh, trust is a real interesting thing in China. I was able to work in the hospitals, I had a wonderful connections with all the people there uh, and the doctors. And so I kept, you know, at lunch, at dinner, sometimes over their house, I said, come on, you must have somebody who could take me there. And so finally, a couple of them said, okay, well, we'll my cousin will take you this far. And then his friend will take you beyond there. And you're on your own. We can't protect you. So if anything happens out there, remember, this is China. You've read about, you know, the Huns coming over the mountains. We can't tell you what's going to happen to you. Plus, there's nothing, no, you know, fine roads to get up the mountains. So I didn't care. I really had been looking for and so long. There, there's no cell phones. There's no way no to No cell phones. Nothing. Right. So, so you're at the hospital. Mm. But, I mean, didn't you learn about Chinese herbs first? Yeah, that was really funny. Really funny. So, so from the hospital... You, you went and, and how did you learn about the herbs? Because, because that, was for, herbs. that was okay. before I, I found that book. Okay. Uh, so, because I asked them, remember every city I would go into, I'd ask the doctors, okay, what do you have different? What do you have that you use instead of, you know, routine Western medicine, pharmacopoeia, uh, surgery? Um, they go, you're at the top of the endoscopic uh, advancing curve and you want to know about something from our old culture? I said, that's really why I'm here. And so they said, okay, what you can do is, we have a uh, nearby uh, traditional Chinese medicine hospital. And in there they, uh, they have acupuncture, um, herbology, and some massage, some acupressure. So they said, if you want to go there, great, go ahead. We'll set it up for you. So I actually worked in the pharmacies there. And working like, in a pharmacy. Grinding up salamander eyes. Yeah, the pharmacy there is not what you expect. <laughs> It really it's isn't. It's, uh, there's a big open window that they have to keep open all the time because with the fumes coming up, it's really almost toxic. It's, that gets you to you know, have a direction for it to go out. And then the ladies uh, who were there, um, let's just say that it, you don't have the sept antiseptic technique that we have yeah. in uh, the West. It was, okay, go over there and pull out that little drawer that you'd have to like reach up to get. And there was all these little tiny wooden drawers like in Harry Potter and that guy yeah, there. Kind of like the yeah, like this, there. a little smaller, you just pull, you pull it out. And sometimes I couldn't even see what was in there. And plus they were dirty and dusty. So you go in your eyes and you go, <laughs> I wonder how often this thing has been opened and what are they going to do with it? And so I'd reach in there and I'd go, oh, what is this? And, uh, you know, the weirdest things that now you can read about, but I don't know if you'd want to take it. I mean, if I offered you to eat this, you wouldn't. But so they put it in this, 
this big canister and then they'd add water and then they boiled it a certain technique and then finally they'd decant those things off. But what's in there is, you want me to tell you? Sure. Oh gosh. Uh, all kinds of things. Bat like, wings. I mean, I've been yeah, to yeah. traditional Chinese yeah, yeah. There's stuff, like uh, pieces of animals uh-huh. and bugs and bark. And... Swallows, saliva. Yum. Yeah. Uh, all kinds of poisonous uh, things that come from either um, uh, small reptiles or larger reptiles. Um, you're right, bat wings in there. <laughs> um, spider, uh, certain things from the spiders. And um, it's it was so fascinating to me that they could... Um, make these potions, and then I would go upstairs with the ner- with the pharmacist afterwards, and with the nurse, and we'd roll this cart twice a day, and we stand in the patient's bed and say, "Okay, drink this," and we'd have to watch them drink their medicine. Okay, <laughs> it's and disgusting. so yeah, so while I was there, you know, I had to try it. I said, "Well, you're here. I'm going to see what this is like." The patient looks like they're tolerating it, so I tried to drink almost every one of them. Uh, you know, drink as much as I could and see what would happen. And uh, let's just say you really have to want to get well with that, that <laughs> regimen because the taste is unbelievably not okay. And uh, I think my experience of herbology, though, was that a lot of patients got a lot of benefits. And it wasn't uh, in the United States very much at all, and I'm glad that much of it's come here. But then again, the quality of the herbs they've got is not something that went through a factory or anything else. It's all some go out here and pull this off of this mountain and during the springtime, collect enough of those, and then we'll be, have that for this, this particular medicine. And then acupuncture was same thing. I got to learn how to put in long needles with flames on them, and it was kind of amazing. Uh, the closest I've experienced to that is here in Victoria, I got a referral to a guy in his, almost in his 90s from China. Uh, his eyes kind of look in different directions uh, and has written a textbook on acupuncture and herbs. Same thing, really long needles, all that sort of stuff. It was the first real acupuncture session. Yeah, I that's had. the old style. That's the best it, style. It was phenomenal. I, I felt like all of, it was like my energy skin fell off my body and went yeah. the, the, into the floor. It was the strangest feeling. And afterwards, he wrote, something in Chinese said, take it to the Chinese herb store. And they opened the drawers and they gave me these big paper things full of weird stuff to Good. boil. Tasted like ass. Terrible. I, I think it made me better, but Probably. it was unpleasant. You, it, it definitely, it was unpleasant. So yeah. how am I going to bring that back to UCLA? It's, it's not going to work. It, no. it, it's not something where, and I, my, my goal always was, of course, it was fascinating to learn, meet people who are so committed to um, uh, having these disciplines work. And, uh, it, but they all had drawbacks. I mean, when you're doing the acupuncture thing you're talking about, uh, when we did the long needles. Uh, you say long, like four or five inch needles going into oh, yeah. organs. And things. Oh, yeah, yeah. Wow. yeah but plus surgeries doing those. Yeah. Wow. And, but when we did them in clinic, which was like three times a day, it's not like one person's getting treated. There's like one bed here, and then two feet, three feet away is another bed, and then another bed. So you can imagine needles are going in this one. You light all the herbs on top of those needles. The then, yeah. The needle, well, there's different kinds of moxibars, but this is one kind, right? Okay. And then put the needles in this one and the next one. So imagine 15 people in a room with all this smoke going up and a little tiny window in their, the floor they're on or in the clinic for it all to escape. So when you'd walk in, the acupuncture area was like completely like this. You'd have to be used to seeing all kinds of smoke. Wow. Can you see that here? Is it mean, mugwort or what, what do you use for moxibars? All sorts of herbs? Uh, yeah, a lot of different. Yeah, yeah. That was fascinating what different types of herbs that they use. Wow. Uh, none of them smelled like the moxibustion we have in the US now. They were all quite strong, which is what I'm saying. If you had a whole cloud of that in front yeah, of you from a lot of different people, uh, you'd go, this is a lot of smoke to be breathing in. But 
I said, I'm here for a period of time. I want to see this. I want to know what it is. And everybody else seemed to be doing okay. Plus, when they went outside, they were smoking cigarettes in, in between. So, you know, it, it's very big in the, uh, you know, the Orient, especially trying to smoke cigarettes. So, so you, you learned all this, mm-hmm. and you said, I can't bring this back to UCLA. And then what happened? How did you get to the next level? Did you go to the Shaolin Temple, or what, what was the deal there? No, the next level was I was already doing martial arts. I've been doing martial arts both here and during the eight years when I was searching. And the uh, even though I did go to the Shaolin Temple and did get to meet a number of those wonderful people and get to do the exercises with them and and have a great time. It still wasn't, you know, I didn't think that standing on wooden posts and doing different poses was still every client, every patient was gonna do when I come back. I wanted something that the person could take off on their own and they wouldn't have to like be that powerful because some of the Shaolin guys were really powerful. They could break things, which I loved learning how to break break through, you know, wood and and rocks. You learned all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm, Yeah, yeah, because uh, it, it, I thought maybe it was on the way. I thought maybe I would discover, I would sort of find it in all these different things, but I didn't. So you're you're a pretty peaceful guy, but like, could you turn that on right now and like kick my ass? I wouldn't do that to you, Dave. Of course you wouldn't. I wouldn't could you? I mean, do you still have you that? You can't say that to your friend. No, no, no. I, I, of course you wouldn't. We're friends. Right. But, but in other words, like you walk around, you're a very, very peaceful guy. Right. But do you have that like? Ability oh, the ability to, 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 that to, if to, somebody yeah. actually, yeah, it's one of the things that's really, like that. it's one of the really things that's important with this discipline. Mm-hmm. That I, you know, I'd love for everybody uh, everywhere to have in their at their fingertips is that you get this ability to be 360. Mm-hmm. So instead of just being hi, I'm here with you, you're not just sensing this, which is part of the whole program. You're sensing here, you're sensing here, and you're actually sensing behind you too. Mm-hmm. So if you had all those sensors on, which some of you go, I didn't know I had those sensors. Well, this is what it's about. Uh, you all, you have someone enters this field, you'll notice it. You'll notice it, you'll go there. The, the other day. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Krista, who was with me, executive One of your assistant. assistants, right? Yeah, she. We're going through the airport and we're talking, talking, talking. And then I, uh, I just said to her, um, "What is the? Um, uh, where, where do we? Where are we supposed to? You know, which one of these kiosks are we supposed to go in to board the plane?" And she said, uh, "Let me check the ticket because we got so engrossed we didn't even know what where we were exactly, but we knew we were in the right terminal." And she says, <clears throat> "Okay, da 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 number." I said. That's it right there, right in front of it. She goes, you did it again. You know, serendipity. All of a sudden, even though you're involved in something that is uh, completely different than, you know, knowing where you are in an airport, part of you is still picking that up. And so then when we stopped in that place, we actually stopped in exactly the place that would support us. So we didn't lose any time. We got to do two things at once. So, so you have the situational awareness. And you still have your martial art mm-hmm. sort of background. Oh, yeah. But yeah. I, and some of the things we were doing earlier. It's a story I want to remember that uh, this is uh, another of my very advanced martial arts friends who was telling the story of one of his teachers who was was walking down the street in you know the 80s. He was walking with his friend, and apparently back then uh, the cool thing was if you see someone who you can just tell is a martial artist, people came up to challenge him to a fight. That's right. You see, it's so hard <laughs> for Americans to understand that that you. What do you mean? You mean you're walking down the street and people may break into a fight? Yes. The discipline for many, many years, and some of the old Chinese movies will show you that, that, oh, this clan is over here learning this type and this type. No, it's not like, okay, that's great. No, one one of you is going to end up the the one telling the other one that their their style is not okay. And so there's constant fighting. Yeah, I saw a lot of that. You saw a lot of that, okay. Well, this in this case, my, my friend was walking with a really advanced master who really wasn't into fighting, but the guys picked up and, and he said, I don't want to fight you guys. And they said, no, we're going to. And he said, all right, 
and he did something, and they basically both fell down without being touched. Mm -hmm. yes. Right, and you could just say, well, fine, whatever, that's myth. But no, <laughs> my friend was there. He's not lying to me, right? Like this right. happened, uh, and uh, and then as soon as as soon as the the guy was done, he goes, oh. I have to do so too, too too much masculine energy. I have to do some feminine ener energy to balance things out because I, I don't like doing that anymore. Yeah, but it, it, that's right. It, it's fascinating that there's that stuff. So, did you meet the guys who can do this? Yes, yes. No that's kidding. when I finally got to the top of the mountain, did. and uh, they showed me. Well, at first, they didn't want to show me anything. Of course. At yeah, first, well, tell me that story. It's, it's cool. What happened when you got there? Uh, when I first got there, it was uh, like I was seeing what I'd finally always wanted to see. We're now going on to nine years. And, and where was it? It was the top of a mountain. So how'd you get there? First on the, you know, first on a train, then uh, on uh, the back of some guy's motorcycle, sitting on that thing. And then there was a long walk up the mountain. Okay. And uh, by the time I got there, um, I was not certain what would happen after that. I didn't know if I'd be just, because they told me how much, bad experiences you can have up there. But I, what I did see as I was going up there, people carrying other uh, sick people on different routes up the mountain. So I was going, well, okay, they're doing it, but it's sure, how are they carrying that person? This is like a monastery with imposing yeah, gates yeah, yes, and all yes. that kind of stuff? No, uh, not, not such imposing gates, okay. but definitely a monastery and definitely uh, some wonderful Chinese buildings with uh, uh, some great uh, things in the uh, ground that had sim you know, the symbolism of the, of the Tao and also all the different... Uh, positions to be in. It was, it, it was drawings of that. It was fascinating. And I was just watching uh, people actually doing the thing I've been searching for all these years and didn't even know it existed. So okay. finally I knew it existed. So this was like the greatest experience. I was like happy. And they didn't even act like I existed. <laughs> and here's, back then in China, if, if you're a, a Westerner, Usually you get a huge amount of attention. I mean, Zero. when I first went there, they're like, I want to take a picture with you. That's right. Because I've never seen someone yeah, so tall. Yeah, right, in the city. That's, almost yeah. 20 years ago, yeah, right? But, right. When okay. I was in the cities, when playing with kids, uh, it's wonderful. Everybody wanted to touch you, hold on to take yeah. a photo. Wonderful. But up here, remember their uh, MO was that you really don't belong here. So they Why would are you ignore here? you. Okay. Huh? So they would ignore you all. Completely. <laughs> Completely. And they're all... But and they, they let you in. Uh, they didn't kick me out, okay. let's put it that way. Right. And so I, I went, you know, do I want to stay here with all this, like, you know, non-appreciation connection? And, of course, you know, I have a voice in the back of my head back then. Not so much now, but it's going, yeah. hey, they shouldn't be treating you this way. What is going on? They should at least have some courtesy. Um, Rodney Dangerfield, like, yeah, no right, respect. Yeah, yeah, no respect. <laughs> but then, you know, I said, you know, is, I'm so excited about being here. I didn't care. And I remember the first... Uh, days when I was watching them and seeing all the different things that could happen and wounds being healed right under, uh, right in front of me. And as a physician, uh, you know, we don't have that where you could not touch somebody and heal a wound right in front of the person. Did you get some cognitive dissonance? Like, did you question, like, am I really seeing this? Like, mm -hmm. Did you trust well, yourself? That's why I had to stay more than, I took lots of notes and I had to keep coming back. And they didn't throw me out. They, they sort of just sort of looked at me and a little slight sneer. The sneer got less <laughs> after a few days, but mostly they, um, it was almost no one to even ask a question to um, because they really don't want anybody there unless you were gonna be treated for some illness or some problem or some uh, thing you need to break through on uh, in your life. And also um, there was the people who were there trying to get trained and then there's the Grand Master and then his first lieutenants under him and no one else supposed to be there. For a lot of reasons. One did, of the they, reasons. did they give you a bed? Like, how did you sleep and eat and things like that? You mean the first week or so? Yeah. Um, let's just say it wasn't so clean where I slept a lot. It, was, <laughs> it wasn't so clean. Yeah, I wasn't really uh, 
yeah, it was sort of like a barracks, but not really a bed. It was just like a board that I slept on, but it was okay. I used one of those, um, I wrapped up some clothes for a pillow and sat there, uh, okay. lay there, and that was fine. Because in the morning, everybody would be up uh, doing certain kinds of exercises, which I knew from the martial arts, but these were different. The exercises they were doing, so I would just get the line behind the other, so, you know, maybe 15 students that are there, and then everybody would look at me like, what are you doing here? Why are you here? But, you know... I figured if they're going to throw me out, they're going to have to physically throw me out after this <laughs> amount. And uh, so I would just follow their exercise, and I would love doing that. And so then, actually, after a couple, a couple two and a half weeks, they started to connect a little bit with me. You know, they would say, um, <clears throat> you know, we're going to have lunch now or something did, did like that. Did you speak Chinese? Uh, some, yeah. I spoke okay. Mandarin a, a, a bit, enough, and plus I had my dictionary that I was always using. Okay. Remember, we, we couldn't do the iPhone yeah. thing where you could show things. And uh, they were a little bit nicer in terms of letting me um, at least know when there was going to be lunch and dinner. Because in China in those days, everything was, wasn't a very wealthy country, but everybody was very communal. Okay. It's communist, but it's communal. People like hung together in a, in a nice way. And it, it, that part was okay. But still, no one would answer any questions. If I asked a question, they would look at me like, we're not going to answer that. You, you know, maybe stay here three years and they will answer that. Okay. Four years. You could see that. The sneers never left. So it was sort of, I used to call it like um, the experience of uh, a stray dog. Or there's actually a word they kept calling me uh, while I was there, which uh, isn't a complimentary term. But I learned to turn it around. Yeah, and so there's a thing called Gui Lao. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Gui Lao does not mean good. Gui Lao means foreign foreign devil. devil. (laughs) So you're bad. You're a bad thing. So after a while, I with you know, and my manner is much better then, but I... I would introduce myself as as Walsh Gui Lao. And everybody would go, wow, why do you say that? Because as I'm, I didn't even have a name. That was my thing. Because that's what everybody else called me. So after a while, I got a little rapport with the people. And, uh, and of course, I stayed at a distance from the grandmaster or lieutenants because they're always like a sacred space they're holding, which is one of the things they really wanted you to know. This discipline is meant to be a sacred space. It's meant to be the repository of all the energies that... Uh, as I found out later, all the energies that eventually grew out of the branches of, you know, Kung Fu, Qigong, acupuncture, acupuncture, they all had to have a source. This was the source. This, it turned out to be the source energy. So I really, I was really fortunate in that regard. What's it called in Chinese? Uh, English, I can give you. Uh, in, in English, it has two names. One is called um, Get Younger Energy. And the other one's called, which is the most common name, New Life Energy. Because as you get treated... Almost everybody says, when they do the exercise, they go, hmm, this is the best I've felt in days. And it's almost like you drop your karma if you keep doing the exercises, and you get to go forward with a new life, and you feel younger. So that's how it came about. So, so guys listening, remember that thing when I said I'm planning to live to 180 or longer? I, I think I might learn a thing or two from Dr. Right. Barry. Just, just yeah. saying here. Yeah. All right, so and, continue. Well, there's a lot to say about that. Yeah. I mean, I have a lot of... Remember, I don't know if we're going to get to that, but I came back to... Los Angeles eventually, after a number of trips there, and uh, was started treating people here. A lot of people did take photos before and after, and dramatically. At least you treated people. You were like holding hands over them and sending. Mm, well, in the of beginning, um, actually, I want to know more about how you. How, you want, there's more of the story. What happened? You want to back to the temples? Yeah, tell me more. What did they do at the temple okay. that taught you this? So like, what was it like to learn this stuff? Okay, the so you would think having gone through a medical program, which. You know, rigorous. It's vigorous. It's very much like being in the Marines. You're really, you're here to work hard and you're not going to have any free time. 
and your teachers are your bosses and you're gonna follow that or else you're not gonna get a great education and then we're gonna kick you out. So anybody who's a pre-med knows that and then in med school it's the same and then I went beyond med school to you know internal medicine degree, another two years in that, and then boards and then in gastroenterology and endoscopic surgery with that, another two or three years, trying to get more and more training because I wanted to find out there's, you know, the best of the best of the best in Western medicine, but it was never like you had free time. It was like a lot of work, a lot of learning. And you might say, well, after you learned all that stuff, you said more room in your brain for that. Well, it, to me, I didn't like what I saw and felt every day as I walked in the hospital. I went, you know, I really want to just came in to be a doctor to help people. And I think I've got this part down, but it's not enough. It's not what people really need. People need the relief to not have to have all these things pulled in just because you get ill or, or you get an injury or a bone broken or something like that, which up there, it was much easier to treat any kind of break. It was amazing all the breaks I saw and the deformed people that would come up from birth defects and all of a sudden their deformity's gone. I mean, there's so many stories. It, but, but the, like miracle healing stuff. That's yeah, that's why I'm not gonna out. talk too much about that. Let's talk about the basics. No, no, so, no, here's the other, I'm not, you're not claiming you do any of that stuff, right. but you saw this Yes. as a witness to it. Yes. It's okay to say that. I mean, you, yes. you were at a, a place in time right. that's largely lost at this mm -hmm. point, right? Yes, right. And, there, and this happened, either that or you're crazy pants. I, I know you pretty well, you're not crazy. No, I, too many people have come to see me and then I've taught too many, the, too many people these exercises. Mm -hmm. You mentioned some of the people before. Yeah, you're teaching me these things, right? Right, and the exercises are all you need to do, plus uh, be in front of the videos or listen to the audios maybe in the car, and you can download the same vibrations that took me you know, uh, 15 years to pick up and be able to bring here. But how did I learn it? I think that's your real question. Yeah. How easy was it? Not easy at all. Uh, the first uh, time when they said they would uh, allow me to learn, because up until that time they just sort of just tolerated me being there. And I, and I had all these conversations on, you, you guys gotta let me hear it, America doesn't know about this. And so anyway, that, that part got done. And then a couple of years later, then I came back and then they said they would teach me, which was the dream come true. Uh, but they said it, the, a real, a lot of uh, uh, provisions on that, a lot of caveats. One, they said, this training is not meant for anyone to make it unless they're supposed to make it. So if you don't make it, which is what happens to 99.9% .9 of the people, that's okay with us, including if you don't make it physically. Like, oh, you could die. That happened even when I'm my training, I saw that happen. You saw it, people, others Yes, it was not, it really okay. shook me up. Um, because they said each one of the, they called it attainments or levels, is, a, is another level which you have sensors open in your body and you can pull in more energy to be able to treat other people. And these sensors are basically mitochondrial channels? Uh, some of them? The mitochondria are so important because the mitochondria, you know, you've, you already have all that information about the ATP, the ADP being there yeah, yeah. and generating that. Well, part of the um, uh, science of all that is you have these cells that are here and you'd like for them to be nourished and you have such great, you know, supplements to nourish them, but also yeah. you need the environment to nourish them. And as I learned, the environment is made up of, and if anybody wants to get into physics, is made up of so many great things that uh, if you could tap into that, you would be able to have a much stronger and much more vivacious and also, also a much wider experience of your own life. So, um, you remember Einstein said that energy, um, uh, I mean, nothing in the world really can be destroyed. It just changed from one form of energy mm -hmm. to the next. You know, if you burn a cigarette, it sends, well, not a cigarette, burn a fire, herb, and then smoke yeah. goes up, the carbon fibers go up, and the carbon goes away. It gets recycled into mm -hmm. something else. So actually, he was clear that it all went around and around. And so 
Uh, energy cannot be uh, really made or destroyed. It's actually all in there, which mm -hmm. is part of how this whole discipline works, is that you get to tap into uh, all the different vibrations and all the different um, uh, forces that are part of being a human being. Uh, but anyway, the hard part was that every single test they gave me was not fun. And every single test made me actually, you know, it doesn't matter how positive you are, it doesn't matter how many great surgeries you've done in the United States, how many people you've taught, you know, you're out there hanging on a mountain in the middle of the cold and no one's there caring about you. And you've got to be doing either certain exercises or you've been given uh, uh, an assignment to figure out this uh, koan. Uh, this is, you know, this is a koan, and you have no idea what it even means. And so it means you gotta stay out there. If you come back, they're treating you worse than they treated you before they sent you out. So you're out there in, in like freezing cold, oh, yeah, yeah. doing exercises, things Yeah, yeah, about. you had to. Wow, is this hardcore, like out of a movie? Mm -hmm. Well, it, it, actually, some people wanna make a movie. Actually, some people did make, there's a couple movies from people that I've uh, that done my uh, courses that I brought back uh, or treated personally. Uh, I think there's two movies about this story that I've gone through that I'm telling you. And they what, just, you know, they what are the names of the movies? Do you want me to come the movies, really? There's, well... The, I want to see them. Yeah, I'm sure the, people listening to some of them. No, it's just, it's just a part of it. Okay, just, just, a part, just a little part it's of it. Just okay. a part. But it, it's, they took part of it and they stuck it in there. And the, both movies were big, big bestsellers, big okay. blockbusters. Um, but anyway, so, I mean, like, I think you know one of the attainments I had to do was uh, you had to be able to sit in snow. And, like, uh, melt us. And melt us snow. When you're in your, you know, I would say bathing suit. But it was like oh, Wim, Wim Hof kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, your bathing suit was not, your bathing suit was like, even who brought a bathing suit? So you, it was your underwear. You're sitting out there under uh, ice all around you and there's snow there. And you've got to, uh, you know, the next stage is, are you going to be able to pull in enough energy to keep that place warm around you and you warm also? Wow. Uh, and, and if you don't do that, you get pneumonia and die. Well, yeah, they go, that's the end. That goes, that's the end of your training. And you go, and you go, well, I can't have another chance or something like that. Or can't you let me uh, do it? Well, they, if, if you failed uh, dramatically, you know, like you really were getting close, then they might come in and say, they'd look at you and go <clears throat> in disgust. Is that all you're going to do? You know, like, is that <laughs> all you can come with? Oh, yeah, always disgust. Is, or sometimes we go, American. <clears throat> and they'd make that sound like, <clears throat> like wow. it means... Because they they wanted to see if you were going to keep reaching for this other sense that your body, these sensors that turn them on. And you do have the ability to do that. That's what the videos I've, I've created and the audios I've created, that people listen to those before they go to bed, when they get up. It's very easy to take this in now. You don't have to spend 15 years in China trying to get all these different mm -hmm. vibrations. You can put yourself uh, into that uh, top top best performance and keep improving. And so that was the thing that I really noticed um, uh, when I finally did get to come back uh, to the United States. So you had these, what was the highest level challenge, the, the most challenging one you went through? Like eating snake venom or something? I don't know, like, like was the very, very... Yeah, rough. how did you know I ate snake venom? I'm just yeah, a guess, was, but yeah, I, I did it there, there was more. Yeah, there was more than one uh, poison thing I had to eat and see yeah. what happens to you. And so, your lips would all turn numb and maybe, but I said, you know, this thing's been around for 5,000 years. These guys are really serious about it. I said, I can tell when somebody's congruent and that the, this is something you should be able to do if you're pulling the energy. So it really is up to me. And, you know, I, I'm here this lifetime. I'd really like to make this contribution for humanity. Let, let's try it. Let me see if I can do it. So I'm sure, do you ever eat scorpions? 
you know, three times in Beijing, I went to go buy a fried scorpion, and they were never ready. It was always like when I was about to leave. So it's been on my list, but I've yeah, never, never ready. You know what that means? Yeah. Do you know what that means? Never ready. What? That, that means the chef says, "Uh uh-uh, uh, uh-uh, <laughs> we're not serving this to the public." Right. And so, well, more than one time we'd go to this. I'll never, I'll never forget. One time we were on this like river, or right, right next to this river, and there's actually a restaurant that's. Not that pretty, but at least it was a bigger restaurant than the usual ones that we would go to. And um, sometimes I would get to order, but rarely, my own food. Whatever. They would always order for the table, okay? But they ordered everything for the table, and then they went, which means the Guay Lao is going to eat something different. So they, they yeah, torture yeah, you with yeah, the Yeah, yeah, so I, I was thinking, oh, they probably don't think I can eat that. They give me something easier. You know, they figure you, you can't make it. We just don't want, we want to lose you and, you know, bail out. We're going to eat the strong stuff, and we'll be able to handle it. No, it's the opposite. They were always giving me something as a test. Uh, like, there was so many types of poisonous fish I had to eat uh, or be able to um, tell in your mouth not only what you're eating, but whether you can swallow it or not. So you'd eat some things you couldn't swallow and spit it out? or you better. Wow, so there was a, and if you'd swallowed it, you would have... You would have, you, you would have probably seen a GI doctor because your throat wow. would have had so many of these little, tiny, fine spicules. Wow, so they're so really, like, pushing you. Mm, yeah, you had, to, wow, do you see what happened, though? What, by pushing me, I either had to keep making a choice, is this real? Is this real? If it's real, I should be able, if I really, really, really want it, and obviously I do, and I've been built like a, you know, we're all human beings, and they're human beings with this training, somehow I, I'm, I, I think I could do it. I don't know how, but I'm going to try. So you keep reaching, reaching, reaching until finally uh, there's that moment when you go, the light bulb goes off in your head and you have this uh, almost uh, this, like being in Mr. Rodriguez's room, sunshine comes in, all of a sudden you go, hmm, if I do this and this, I think it would work. And you sort of get a vision of it and then it would work. And then I'd come up with the right answer. That, that happened to me a number of times where I was really tested. Um, there was physical things. You had to be able to stand on your hands. Uh, one, you know, every, things that people do here in the military, which is not very common for a doctors, you know, one hand push-ups, then four finger wow. push-ups, three finger push-ups. Uh, those things, you know, I'm not, my hands are for surgery, not for those things, but they were always intimating, which turned out to be absolutely true, is that you sort of have two bodies. You've got the one that you've sort of allowed to express itself through whatever you, whatever channel you came, whether you came through Brooklyn or you came through Los Angeles, you came through, you know, Seattle, it doesn't matter whose family, where it is, pretty much people's bodies are within a certain range. And then that's not your only body. You've got all this energy to connect to in the world. Some people like to say your energy body, but what that is, that's like a limitation also. Because mm-hmm. people go, well, how far does your energy body go? And then they go to an expert and goes, well, it goes to here, I can show you. But actually, no, it actually can extend as far yeah. as not only you want to or you need to. And this is what blows people away in that how they get well uh, or how they can do, you know, you know, I've treated people that have been in the Olympics or uh, NBA and uh, PGA stars, and I don't want to say their names, but because what I'm really interested in is that the people like normal people, all the rest of us who want to excel at work and at home and also get your, you know, stomach adios and try to get yourself in shape normally without stressing thousands of hours doing things. And, you're, and when you connect to that body, people start to lose weight, people get in better shape, and you become more agile. And that body is actually much more able to do a three-handed push-up 
wow. or break through a brick or something than just taking your hand and thinking it's a object and then throwing it into a rock and thinking that, that'll never break the rock. It'll break your hand, but it won't, you won't be able to. What breaks the rock when you go through, um, and I certainly had plenty of chances to do this, what allows them to melt the snow is that you're, you're not just experiencing yourself as a little tiny speck that exists in a little tiny planet on a far distant you know, constellation, far away from all the others. Uh, no, you're actually experiencing yourself like, um, well, like we saw last night. Remember we walked outside and we, we were watching the stars? Yeah, I saw the aurora borealis. The aurora borealis yeah. and how clear the stars were. And people um, who, certainly if you watch these videos and audios, when you watch the, the distant stars, um, you're gonna have a totally different experience. It's not gonna be like, oh, those are, that's another entity, those exist over there. No, nope. you actually are connected to those in so many different ways that you can experience and utilize. So, you know, and I would, but everything was step by step. You didn't learn anything without this whole saying in Chinese with, they would always take their fingers like this and they'd mm -hmm. say, okay, now you're ready for this small piece of knowledge. And you would go, I want to learn the whole thing. You know, the American just teach me. Give me the whole medical book. Right. I'll get through. I'm an A student, please. And this is all we're going to give you. And you'd go, all right. And you'd, in, in our mind, we'd demean it. But the truth was, they're correct that you would have to get through this to be able to go to the next one of those, to go to the next one. It was, it was very, very useful. Their training program is just brutal. And as I said, I did see people you know, get hurt. One time we had to walk through um, uh, a pond uh, that you could see the snakes rolling around in like the pond. poisonous snakes. Mm -hmm. Not only those yellow poisonous snakes, it's Ugh. terrible. Uh, and what you had to do, you had to walk through, not in the water. You had to walk on the water? No, you had to walk, well, almost. Uh, when the Grandmaster walked over it, I didn't see his feet touch the rocks. But I knew that when he was on the other side, he wasn't going to wait for us. He just kept walking, which is typical of the whole training program. Was There was always like, well, are you going to do it? Or are you going to go home? It's fine with us if you go so, home. So you walk through a pond. So you walk through a pond, you had to step foot on the next rock, the next rock, the next rock. Many of them were wet. You've never been to this pond before. And so you had to be so much in, quote-unquote, balance in, flow, in your body yeah. and in flow, which is what this uh, energy um, uh, system is all about, is you being in flow and you being in your best self. And you never know what your best self is, which is part of the program, which everybody really knows when they're a teenager or just before that, your best self's so big, and then you narrow it down as you go into life and saying, well, okay, I'm a dentist, and I have a family, and I have a car and a house, that's me. But what if your self is this huge, huge uh, ability uh, that you're, you could connect to, so that as you walk, you could be balanced on even rocks that are not stable. Uh, and you know, I was able to get through that. I must say, I did not walk as slow as the Grandmaster walked. I actually <laughs> went as quick as I could. Poisonous things. Yeah, but yeah, but it wasn't like the rocks were close together. It was really something. And I remember that was another one. I said, "Are we going to do this or not?" And so <clears throat> I said, "I'm not going to be the last one to go over the rocks. I think that would be too scary. So I better just jump in and do it." There's like about I think eight people with me besides the Grandmaster. So. It was really challenging. Did one of the guys fall in and get bitten? or On that one? Yeah. No. But one of the guys who wasn't happy about that, he said, this is getting way too dangerous. He's one of the people that actually got very hurt. And then another guy who was just had a problem with the sort of the, the toughness of every stage that they never let up. It wasn't like, oh, well, you're, you've been here for a couple of years. That's great. 
You can be here for 50 years. We don't care. If you don't get there, then you weren't meant to have it. You weren't meant to right. either deliver it, which was, I wasn't, I don't think I, w- I was going to ever resist anything they said because I wanted to see if, I, if it can be gotten, I want to be able to get it. And remember, they would not tell me much in the English fashion. It was all in the, uh, how much could you pick up from what you just saw? How much could you pick up from what you just felt? How much could you pick up from what you hear? Training. Not just feeling, okay. but uh, uh, sensing okay. what else is going on. What else you see? What else happened? Did you notice how the atmosphere in the room, even though there's no reason for it, all of a sudden took on a glow and all the walls are glowing for about five minutes? Is that, did you pick that up? Did you notice the difference in smell in the room? Like so the, training your awareness. Well, and the energy that you actually, there's a, people notice that. The people that I've uh, trained and the people that do the videos and audios mm-hmm. often speak about that. Okay. They speak about, you know, it's, it's, it's like this better smell comes out while I'm doing my exercise. I said, yeah, it's almost like you're next to the ocean and you're getting some type of wonderful perfumey yeah. oxygen. And why is that? Well, if your body's operating in that equilibrium, you're not making so much toxic waste. And I have another, I, uh, sort of a love story on this. Yeah. This guy and this gal who uh, um, was in the course uh, doing, it, doing it at home, sometimes they'd see me maybe every year or so. But after about three years, they said, you know, our intimate life is so much better. And I said, really, that's great. Fantastic. I said, that's part of this discipline that you get to feel your partner and be closer to him or her, whoever you relate to. They said, but it's really funny. Um, uh, when we kiss in the morning in bed, um, <clears throat> we don't have bad breath. At all. And yeah. I said, really? And I said, no, our breath doesn't smell. And then yeah. other things about our body, the armpits and all this stuff has changed. So you said, you think yeah. that has anything to do with it? I said, what do you think? What do you think? How else is that going to happen? The body runs your, better. You didn't change your diet. Yeah. So all of a sudden your organs are now functioning correctly. And therefore, much of what we know in the background about how wonderful our lives and who we could be, uh, we sort of have this knowingness, but we don't ever get to express it and see it here in real life. Well, they were getting to see it in real life in bed in the morning, which is great. It, one of the things that, that I've noticed, if I go into some really deep meditative states, um, I first noticed this when I was doing the 40 years of Zen, the neurofeedback stuff, um, I'll smell like lily of the valley, like, like a really strong perfume that just comes out of my body. It's, it's the weirdest thing, but people will come in to like disconnect electrodes and they're like, I like your perfume, and I'm like, I'm not wearing perfume. That's just wherever I went. Yes. Is that, that's the kind of thing. That yeah, but it's not really necessarily coming just out of your body. You're, who you are is an interface between all this here and then this. And once mm-hmm. that starts to happen, then it all balances and then fragrances come out. It's the weirdest Remember thing. Remember Buddha, what they talk about all the time? All this, all this suit just talk about this, this great fragrance that yeah. came about him. And where he walked, it was um, you know, different types of flowers, lotus flowers. What they're trying to say is that, what you're talking about, is that he was emanating that fragrance around him in the field and everybody could tell it. So that's how the That was how they sensed it. Okay, that was their sense. That's how come that, but see, almost every single thing that we have uh, handed down to us Mm -hmm. um, from ancient, ancient Chinese lore, going back, you know, to where this discipline started 5,000 years ago, um, all the way up through Lao Tzu and all the different people who were, participating in this over the years, it's all written not so easily to be understood. It's actually written in code. And it's actually written in a way that you, you need to know, well, why did he write that? Oh, they put lotus blossoms there. Well, that's nice. A lot of people put flowers there. Or the lotus blossoms came from his feet. They disappeared. No, that isn't it. What it's about is if you're in this space, what's going to happen? Your fragrance is going to change. It's, mm. a, it's a clue. <laughs> that's what I, I never thought of that. Okay. Yeah, it's a clue. 
Okay. So if you go to certain temples, there's zillions of flowers everywhere. But the people that are putting them down, you know, after they've gone off their shift, then they go out in the uh, on the street and get an argument with a guy who gave them a ticket on their car. You know, because they're they, they felt they did the flower part, the homage, and that was going to be your connection to, which is a wonderful thing to do, uh, to whatever you experience that you want to have happen in your discipline, whatever your spiritual or uh, physical discipline is that you're using um, uh, some fragrances from flowers, but or you say you're doing meditation, but then you'll notice people that come to me always and they say, uh, you know, I'm doing a meditation class and it's really tailored for me and I like it and um, it's just I've been doing it for a long time and I understand that this discipline that you're offering people is a fast route to enlightenment. I said, yeah. I said, but well, how are you doing with the meditation? He said, well, I notice I can, uh, I stay in a great state for about an hour until somebody gets me upset after I leave. And yeah. then I still can't control the anger or upset that just sort of reflexly happens. That's the they, forgiveness thing. Yeah, and, and, and I've, I've gone through, you know, my church. I've gone through other disciplines to try to catch this. Would this fit in? I said, yeah, whatever. It's, it has nothing to do with religion. It's all, it has nothing to do with race. It's all who we are as people. So actually, over the years, I've had every race, every ethnicity come through there, you know. So you talk about a fast path to enlightenment. So you went through all this aggressive training. So, I mean, do you consider yourself enlightened? No, I think enlightenment's a process. But at least I know where the road is. At least I know know what the path is. And I know that we're on a mountain that has no top. And that has to be that way. So it's a continuous process. Yeah, well, if you look in the universe, just go ahead and look out there, you'll see that Doggone it, it's expanding, and it keeps expanding. And then the people found out that the more we uh, study it and try to get closer to the end of it, it, infinity keeps going farther and farther out. How's it happening? Because we're part of the whole dynamic. It's be like looking at the back of your head is what we're trying to do. But that's simplifying. You know, Physics is fantastic to support this entire system. And that's why it was so wonderful for me as I would get back and see problems when I came back to the United States and would treat people in my office before I created all these videos and audios for people just to use at home, uh, that uh, people would get such benefit and then have other things that would go on, it would stay with them. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like, you know, if you went to a surgeon and they cut out, which is me, cut a tumor out of your stomach or something, well then that's it, you just go on your next day and you didn't know you had it, it wasn't there, you aren't any better. But with this, everything that you do, even for an illness, you get better because mm-hmm. your whole system is going better. So the the first time I, I did a treatment with you, it was I didn't really know what to expect, but I I've done all sorts of I done ayahuasca in South America twenty something years ago before it was cool and uh, all kinds of things that are are kind of off the grid because in, in a similar way maybe not quite as in depth as you but I, I've I've looked around uh, when the stuff that I thought was going to work didn't work and so I'm, I'm I suspend my disbelief go into your office uh, which doesn't at least your your healing office doesn't necessarily look like a typical surgeon's office right it's got jade bowls and, and you know crystals and and herbs and all, all sorts of cool stuff in it also right? there's some flowers there that people bring all the time yeah. the whole place doesn't look like a but I have two offices one is traditional Correct. complete western and this one is like 95% this discipline, yeah, yeah, and and you know, you're giving me special tea that you've charged up, and and I I sat down, and he said, all right, you know, lay here, and and you you, I was kind of going to an altered state. You were clearly doing something, and you put uh, uh, cups on, on my back, you know, did uh, suction and uh, all sorts of stuff. And when when we were done, I'm like, all right, I, I know something happened here. Uh, and then you said, no one can touch you for two days. Yes, 
What was the deal? What, what two did days you, plus the day you're there. Three yeah, days total. What, what did you do? Well, what, what, what treatment did you get yeah, that yeah, day? Like, yeah. What was that specific treatment? Yeah, like, like, like translate what you did. Because I, my experience of it was, all right, I went into some sort of weird floaty altered state. You're doing some stuff. You're mumbling some stuff I can't remember. Uh, and I, I'll talk about the changes I experienced afterwards. And this is the stuff you do for presidents and NBA players and all, all these like, right. like some pretty heavy-duty, powerful yeah, people. Yeah, all the people you mentioned in the beginning. Yeah. A lot of different... Very famous. And, and I only did this because Jay was like, Dave, you have to experience this. And Jay Abraham, if you guys haven't heard the episode with Jay, he's like one of the most powerful marketing guys in, in history, like, like very well known, helped tens of thousands of companies, and also a good friend. And so I, I trust Jay. And so he, he said, just meet Barry. So what's the, what did you do? Like, like, like for, for people listening, just tell, tell them what you did. Okay, this harkens back to when I finally came back to the United States and was given the opportunity by the Grand Master to treat people. So I started treating people very similar to with you, mm-hmm. uh, but I would just tell them, would you like something really great mm-hmm. uh, that would help you because you're not getting well so quickly? Mm-hmm. The treatment I would do in the beginning uh, was a little more clandestine than the mm-hmm. one you had because I would do it all with the lights off. So you wouldn't see okay. anything I was doing, and I wouldn't use any of the cups. The only reason I use the cups is it allows me to go faster okay. uh, so I can treat you quicker. It doesn't need to be there. I can do it with you, having cups, without cups. If you do it close together or even at a distance, which for a lot of people goes, oh, that's really strange. But if you understand how the whole world is not so unconnected, mm-hmm. you'll start to get a sense like, well, maybe there is a way to connect to some people. Maybe I have had an intuition once in a while, and then my son had the same intuition at the exact same time. How'd that happen? I wonder. Maybe there is some way of transmitting. I wonder how you do those energy wires. So with you, um, just like with the other people, uh, first, we were going to work on the very important parts, which is give you the uh, open your sensors in your body to pull in energy yourself, not only for starting that day, but it's going to get stronger and stronger as the sensors sort of open more. Because you're, you're built with these. It's just that they close uh, either at the young, right, right about five. Five and under is somewhere on there, it starts to change. And then people, you'll notice in their athleticism, you'll notice in their communication, you'll notice in their ability to do certain gymnastics, uh, it changes. And people, mm-hmm. what happened? Well, you're getting older. Everybody has to think you're getting older. And that's the whole discipline's about life's not about going downhill over life. Life's about yeah, actually you can get better and stronger as mm-hmm. you connect to more of this. So for you, um, I took all the places that were obvious uh, to me that would really benefit by the uh, getting the energy so that like the liver would perk up and the kidney would perk up, all those things that I wanted to get the energy uh, opened in those sensors. And then also the ones that would give you more of a chance to um, have super clear thinking. Because I knew that was part of your, you know, your whole creation of your business. Remember, it was back then, it's yeah. not like what now. You've done tremendous, I'm thrilled. Uh, but there were, because this energy does allow you to have massive creativity. I've had people come to me who are, um, they've written three songs in three years and lived in a garage and came to me with just gym clothes on, with their only clothes and said, you, I, you must help me. I heard you can help me become creative and successful. And so I said, okay, okay, what do you want? This is, well, I need to write the songs for this album that I've been trying for three years. And then, you know, I said, really, you, are you really going to do this? If I give you, you know, if I open up all these sensors so that you can pull in the energy, you're going to have to do the exercises afterwards and keep doing it if you really want to be that powerful, that successful. We did. And uh, his dad called me. He says, you got my son out of the garage. He's, he's been a bum for, I think it was like <laughs> 24 at this time. 
He says, been a bum. I didn't watch him. His dad's like this uh, sort of you know, very successful man, but he didn't know what to do with his son. And in less than three months, he uh, he had to send me on the, on the cell phone every day that he was doing his exercises, uh, which he could have lied about, of course, but that doesn't yeah. mean anything. Uh, in less than three months, he was able to write um, 12 songs they never been able to write before. Wow. And you'd say, oh, well, somebody all of a sudden just got the you know, motivation and you're a positive thinker. And this isn't about positive thinking. It's about accuracy. This is about being in reality. So um, he then went out and tried to get his songs uh, appreciated and get a manager and have people listen to his songs. And within uh, less than nine months after that, this is a guy who couldn't do anything before then is an unknown, uh, he got... Um, the Rolling Stones manager to review his stuff and wow. to give him a consideration. And then the Rolling Stones manager, and he thought that they weren't the perfect fit. And so he referred him to somebody else uh, who's actually a well-known name. And then eventually Radiohead, you know? Wow, yeah. yeah. Yeah, So then he got completely into them. And now his biggest problem is, of course, the way this, remember, the mountain has no top? Yep. Uh, the next stage are, is that now he has to handle success. He doesn't mm-hmm. know who to do. He says, well, what do I do? I'm a manager. He wants this contract. I've never read a contract. I go, looks like you're going to need the energy to be able to read a contract. He says, can't I just give it to somebody else? I said, you want to hear the stories about people who don't read their contracts? Right. He said, but I have no training. I said, it, all of life is not just the training. The training is redevelopment of our talents. But you do have the talents to understand things better than you think, just like the music. And so he eventually was able to read his contract and determine that his first manager really hadn't written the contract the way he wanted it. And then we sent it back to him. It wasn't the way he wanted it. And I, always he got it confirmed by another lawyer, but at least he knew what it was he was going through. Can you imagine if every time somebody sent you a contract or a bill or something you're getting involved in, you could tell whether they were really on your side or whether they were writing it just for, you know, to try to help themselves. Wow. So he's, he's doing great, really. And that's the creative part. It just comes out. So for you, I wanted you to have the creativity to be able to go forward, I think you're writing your second book, or one of the- Yeah, I was working on Headstrong. Yeah, you're working on Headstrong, and also a, a number of other things, and uh, my goal is to have those parts of your body that would keep you, not all, keep those sensors open, but they would continue to stay open. And that's the whole goal, that you keep getting better day after day. So what happened with you when after the treatment? Well, I, I came home and said, sorry, Lana, I'm not, I'm not gonna kiss you. <laughs> you know, and, and she's- Yeah, pretty, then I went over like a lead balloon, huh? Yeah, who's this guy? No, she was really cool about it. And it was interesting, you said I could still touch the kids. Yeah, they're still pulling it all in. That's why it's so yeah. great. That's why, how many people want to pick up a baby? You can't resist it. Yeah. Because, you know what the field is like? It's intense. Yeah. It's wonderful. It is. How many people want to hug a bride? Mm-hmm. If she'll let you. Because the, all of a sudden, it's fantastic energy that is there. And actually, I use that with some women who, who don't understand the energy, but they, they've seen something happen in their friend who now looks younger, and they were considering plastic surgery, but their friend looks better and didn't have plastic surgery. So she wanted to come and see if these exercises would work. And I said, well, look, when you were, do you have pictures of yourself as a bride? Mm-hmm. And they go, yes. I said, do you have pictures of yourself like most uh, women do before when you're trying the dress out and you're at the, where they're fixing the dress to make it for you? She says, oh yeah. I said, why don't you compare those, bring in, compare different. those two pictures. And she said, you're right. As a bride, I'm like glowing and I'm beautiful and I'm great. I said, you didn't change the dress. It's not the dress. What happened? You? You're not drinking alcohol. You're not on drugs. Why are you looking wonderful here? And here you're just sort of looking, okay, neutral. Because you're now, whatever sensors are open now, you're pulling them all in and you're emanating this gorgeous persona. Wow. So what I experienced, I came back and 
just the amount of friction in my relationship at home. And I have a pretty good relationship with Lana, but you know we're we're married, so things aren't aren't perfect with any marriage, uh, and we you know, we put a lot of energy into it. Uh, but it, it just the amount of effort it took got a lot. It was just a lot less effort, and she certainly noticed a difference as well, and 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 commented on it, which which was kind of cool, and yeah, just just stuff got easier. And, and a, a big part of my belief in, in Bulletproof and just in life is that look, struggle is wasted energy. You're not supposed to struggle. You, That's you right. can allow things to happen. And almost everything I do, supplements, advice in books, all of it is about, can't it be easier? Yes. Like, like you shouldn't yes. have to push so hard. And I, I did notice that some things just got easier that I didn't realize where I was pushing. But I'm like, oh, look, it just happened. Uh, so this is all non-quantitative, uh, you know, qualitative stuff. I, I don't know that I could measure. A, well, a how about your just, relationship since no, then? Has it been going on the skids, or is it actually still maintaining some degree of increased yeah, uh, connection? It, it, it's it's definitely better, right? Yeah. And and that was and, and I've, I've had other people who you've treated, um, who I know, who've said similar things like that. And it's wow, okay, that, that's that's interesting. It's but part it, of yeah. the it's part of the big eight that the things involved with. The big uh, eight. What's the big eight? Well, the energy itself, this discipline, the source energy, the source for you know acupuncture, tai chi, all those things. Uh, there's like eight major areas that you can definitely see something happening dramatically. So first would be, let me go into them. Yeah, yeah. please. First would be like your health, well, okay. that, which is my main reason for going there. Mm-hmm. So for as far as diseases, being knocked out by colds, being knocked out by allergies, being knocked out by any kind of injury, maybe even martial arts. If you get that problem with these exercises or watching the videos, the audios, they, the disease either comes in for a much shorter per, period or it just floats through and you just notice a little uneasiness till finally, you know, maybe after a, a period of time that you don't even have the problems that everybody at work is having. Uh, so your health stays better. And then, um, actually we had a, what, 83, no, 93 old lady who broke her hip. Mm-hmm. And you know, her, uh, Lucille, I hope you're out there listening to this. Uh, and, uh, she broke her hip, and so she called uh, called me and said, I'm, I'm not going to be able to go to the next lecture or get my things because I'm in the hospital. And they say, with a broken hip at my age, it's probably going to die. It, it might not be good. And so I said, Lucille, um, just keep, you know, if you can't do the physical exercise, you can watch the videos and you can still listen to the, on the app, the audios that keep playing, the breathing exercises. Just, you're talking about video snaps, and uh, so... Dr. Barry has a series of audios and videos that I've used where you, I, I'm translating here, but you basically take the energy stuff that you learn and you put it in them. Yeah, it's in and, the medium. And they're recorded. You do a live thing in Austin and you record mm-hmm. there. And, and so you listen to these things in meditation sort of things, exercise yeah. things. But there's something else in there that's hard to, right. hard to right. quantify. But, that's what all okay. the meditating people say. They went, well, I meditate. And you can use these uh, before your meditation. It'll change the whole thing. That's that whole enlightenment yeah. path. Then you'll start going up the the stairs of what most people call the path of enlightenment. Uh, so people, let's go back to health. People with health, uh, it didn't matter what their age was, including Lucille, uh, she got voted uh, the number one patient in the hospital. They gave her an award. All the nurses didn't want her to go when <laughs> she finally left because uh, they said, I don't know, we sit with Lucille and we feel better. She's, you know, and she's much older than us. Usually we're all older, cranky patients. It's horrible. And they go, she's just like always sunshine in here. And finally, I actually called Lucille and said, how, you know, what's happening? Is it going? Are you going to go this or that way? She says, no, the doctors, I'm healing miraculously, you know, from my broken hip. And uh, 
uh, it's, he doesn't think there's gonna have to be anything done other than some type of physical therapy. But he doesn't know how, it's, this, he's never had a patient like this, especially at my age since uh, my bones are not that strong. You know, and, he, and so I told him, and I said, oh, that's great. <laughs> what did he say? He said, keep seeing that doctor or doing, his, this, doing those videos and audios because obviously, you know, I've never seen a person in this age group uh, bounce back like that. So, so one of the eight was health. What are the other ones? Yeah, health, health and uh, you want to have vitality also. Okay. So it really doesn't matter what you're doing. You want to be like ready to go for it. So like I had, um, there was Joe who came in and he's a um, tailor uh, for many, many years. And he's always leaning over his uh, sewing machine. And, uh, you know, he had sort of the curve of the back and everything. Mm -hmm. And he's an older guy. He's about uh, 70. No, he's 80. He's 80. Well, we're up here in age now. Uh, so he's 80. He says, listen, I've, I've, I've enjoyed your audios and videos, but I have a goal. And you're always saying that we have more inside of us that we haven't pulled out that we mm -hmm. know is there and we'd love to have uh, happen. And I said, yeah. He says, well, I have always had a dream to be a pilot. And I said, really? He's fly an 80. Airplane. Okay. Yeah. I said, fly an airplane, huh? He says, yes. Uh, so is your wife okay that you want to do this? He goes, she's a little bit iffy and wants to know, you know, she wants me to talk to you because I have to pass the physical and then I'm going to be able to do the, all the other flight tests. Uh, he says, so you think this energy uh, techniques would help me? And I said, yes, I've seen people, doesn't matter what their age, if, even if they're five years old, be able to do great things. Uh, with, they're just vital and be able to go forward. Uh, and I've seen people in your age group. So he said, okay, I'm going to do it. So then Joe, about uh, you know, two years later, a year and a half later, he called me. He says, go outside in the parking lot. I was in Austin that time. And he was flying his plane over the <laughs> parking lot. And uh, it was fascinating. Yeah, it's, it's really great that uh, at 82, he could take on something brand new. So really, this all fits that part of us that you can get stronger with life. It's one of the main tenets. And life doesn't have to be hard. It could be easier and more fun and more exciting finding out about yourself and about the whole world, and including relationships. That's the th one of the three. Mm -hmm. The relationship thing is because you're more peaceful inside. When you're feeling like I'm really capable and I'm strong, my health is good, and I'm gonna be able to do what I wanna do because strength yeah. and power is another yeah, one. Yeah, I've got this. Kind yeah, of I've got this so that when someone comes up, and forget about road rage, just in a normal day, you're in, the, you're in the hall, and you say hello to somebody, and they look at you like, why did you say hello to me? Or, they, or somebody knocks you, uh, and they're being inconsiderate. Uh, I'm not saying this would ever happen to you, but maybe to other people. Uh, but in the hospital, especially in the county system, there's a lot of people running into each other. And so you could be offended by that. But if you're in this peaceful state, you're, you don't have to think about it. You're just, okay, that was interesting. And you keep on moving. You stay on your goal. What I'm that you way now. I, I didn't yeah. used to be that way. Yeah, right. you stay on your goal where you want to go, make things happen the way you want them to, and then you keep pulling more into the sensors. So relationship improves so that your field is such that you're more kind and you're more considerate of other people because you have the experience that you're, one, not beating up on yourself. Two, you don't have to think about uh, your psych psychological situation. You're actually just feeling good. You're actually in that able state. And uh, the, one of the others in the eight is, is people, especially the athletes talk about this, is that it's co constantly you get to be in the experience of the zone. You get to be in this experience of flow. So if you want to go out and say you're a, um, well, this happened in the past, NBA player and they're having the finals and you really, there's something terrible happens to you and you need to be, in, either you're not going to be able to play 
or something's got to be done, uh, and you can bounce back. Now, what I'm interested in is not just MBA players because they're a small fraction of the world. Plus, most people don't think they can relate to them. I don't want you, I want you to relate to yourself and how great you can be because that's the way you really were built. And when you were your son's age, he knows that. He, if you let him loose, he'll be going, going, going until finally you got to turn out the lights, mm-hmm. and that's what we're really made to have. So in part of the eight is you have got that. And one of the other greats is called a serendipity on command, which is that people notice not only your relationships get better and people are nicer to you, but that also, and you're nicer to them and you don't even know what you did. Right. And I've had that from so many people, especially professionals. Their wives write me and they say, listen, I want him to keep seeing you because our marriage is back to much better shape than it ever was before. And I don't know what he did, with you, but I wanted to keep doing it. I said, well, the exercise and watch the video. Lana said I was more compliant. I'm not sure if I, if I yeah. like that or not. Maybe that was her term for, you know, no <laughs> acrimony. But it's all your field. Yeah. And your field is not something that you can, like, focus on all the time. You have to be pulling in the energy, and then the field occurs that way. Yeah. And so if you've got this gentle, loving, caring, considerate field that you're emanating from, you're helpful to other people, you're considerate, you're kind. In the serendipity on command, what happens is you find that your time is much more your own uh, to get things done and more time to share with other people because things start happening for you that you didn't uh, actually hammer it out, but you made a goal or intention, and these people start coming to you that you never thought you'd be able to contact with. Uh, Things just line up. mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. I had uh, a couple interesting things like that just happened. I, I met the... Uh, the CEO, or sorry, the president of, of Levi Strauss uh, the other day. Nice. One of the coolest guys I've ever met. Uh, uh, denim head to toe, but just just a, a cool guy. And he goes, oh, I, I, I like your coffee. Like, he'd actually tried Bulletproof Coffee. And then we ended up, like, getting a video making coffee together. And, and we, we just got to chat about, like, pants design and things like that. Just to meet someone like that. And then yeah, uh, he started that from zero. That's phenomenal. Yeah, and then the guy from uh, the movie uh, The Mensch that, that just came out, I, I met him, uh, Shep Gordon, Alice Cooper's agent, same, same thing. Uh, like, yeah, it wasn't something that you'd written a goal on uh, for 10 years and hoped it happened. It was just like a, possibly something that would benefit you and you wanted this kind of people to show up for you and then all of a sudden, boom, boom, boom. Well, yeah, and, and he's, he said, of course I'll come on Bulletproof Radio. I'm like, are you kidding? Like, like this is so cool. Like, like people who've, who've yeah. really done world-changing things. So, and, so you get to find that you're connected to people yeah. much better. Well, without effort. Without right? effort. It's already and, just happening. And so this whole thing that everybody's trying to administer, which is peace and love, is actually what comes out of you anyway. And so then you're connected to other people that are like-minded like that. And so you can form a community of people that you really enjoy and you feel are more trustworthy, uh, and you actually experience that trustworthiness. Mm-hmm. So, uh, this one of the things is not only the strength and the vitality, but in the creativity. But you also notice that you're not uh, a person who's you have to be finding something wrong with yourself all the time. You find out instead of and then trying to cover that over with com- with confidence. Yeah. And everybody's trying to teach you how to be more confident or how to be more motivated. What you do is you start experiencing like I'm sure you went through, and then people continue, if they do the exercises or try to do whatever else they're doing in life, you experience you're more competent because you have all these yeah. qualities inside of you. Otherwise, you wouldn't have thought of them before. You know, you have the competence in there. That, those sensors are connected up. It's just you have to have them stay open, and then you can do like a child does stand on his hands. But we can't because we go, well, I'm older. Well, really, what happened? Let me see your joints. Let me see your ligaments. Well, my Pacini corpuscles are not connected or something happened or, you know, if you don't use it, you lose it. Truth is, like Lucille found, 
Uh, it doesn't matter what age you are uh, or how young. I've treated people five years old. Uh, and they've been able to have uh, not only success physically, uh, their grades go up. It's hard to believe how quickly their grades go up because they just listen to the, to the uh, app at nighttime before bed. And when they get up in the morning, that's it. And then all of a sudden they become very interested in school. Grades go up, behavior becomes better, and then they're even running for political office. And it, it's not like hypnosis or anything that's in the app. It, it's no, no. It's the only thing I think that some people would relate to, uh, uh, like you said, altered state. Well, you are not angry. You're a little bit happier. You are in an altered yeah. state for that. Uh, it's wonderful. But one little thing that I think is worth everybody hearing, that the other day uh, I had a chance to treat this uh, five-year-old, seven-year-old, seven-year-old. Yeah, and uh, he was brought to me by his mother because of uh, some things that was happening with his sister, other problems uh, that, you know, they were arguing a sibling rivalry. She was younger than him, both very cute. Uh, but the most important thing to him was not that. The reason she was able to bring him was not this probably her sister, it's that he doesn't do well in baseball and he doesn't like it, or they call it T-ball, right? And he can't catch the ball that well, he can't throw that well, he can't hit that well. And even the coaches had told him that, which is already generating some negativity at a young mm -hmm. age, the complete opposite of what you're really meant to do. So she says, I want him to have a personal and then with you, and then uh, uh, I see what can happen. So we, we worked on catching the ball. And um, so I asked him right away, I said, so show me how you catch the ball. And you know, he showed me this. Show me how you throw the ball. I said, I had some tennis balls here. And I said, okay, I said, that's not how to catch a ball or throw it. He goes, really? What do you do? He said, there's no technique. He said, no technique? No, you don't need a technique. He said, oh, I thought I was supposed to learn this, and then I was following someone. No, where you catch the ball from is in here. If you're connected to your surroundings, that's part of the 360, where you can catch somebody's hand coming at you, same thing with the ball. Your reflexes are way faster than this thing can think. So I said, would you just stop trying to catch the ball uh, the way you were, which is sticking his hand out, and it would bang off his hand. Yeah. And so, this is a guy who couldn't catch the ball at all. Um, so after we practiced a little bit, then I started throwing balls at different angles, and he could catch those. And then I started throwing them on the low, bouncers is good. So it was really fascinating was that that was interesting. I also showed him how to throw, but I was more interested in the catching. But then for the, for the report from his mother and a bunch of people who know him was for the next days, um, he was catching everything. He was throwing Food, candy up in the air and catching it. He was showing people how to catch things. Wow. He was uh, taking fruit and throwing it and then catching it. Uh, he, he was doing so many different things. His parents said, you know, he's really loving catching everything now. And we've taken him out for baseball. He's like, you know, monumental change in his ability to catch the ball and also hit the ball. I said, yeah, the same thing. You think that you can think you can think about how fast the ball is coming or where it is. No, the calculations are already in here. You just need to be in the space, in that energy field, these sensors open, so that when the ball comes, your arm it, goes there. It's the, the idea, a sense of ease versus mm -hmm. a sense of struggle. Yeah. He was thinking and struggling versus... Mm -hmm. Yeah, everybody's wow. teaching him, right? This wow. is the way you do t-ball. We're going to show cool you story. kids. Yeah, and so now for the rest of his life, um, he doesn't have to worry about that particular area being something that the only way to master it is, and there's nothing wrong with learning lots of techniques, it just won't allow you to burst through. And So the awareness precedes the technique. Mm -hmm. He was doing the technique before the awareness. Mm -hmm. and, and, and technique often has nothing to do with you catching the ball anyway. Yeah. If you see a really good outfielder, I mean, they're rolling all over the ground and boom, they caught it. Well, did they really think about that while they were rolling they on the ground? They were plugged in. Yeah, they were, into the, they were in the space where they needed to be.
There's a famous video. I, I don't remember which baseball player it was, but someone's interviewing him. And a, a, a ball comes really fast from, from and, and he's just talking to the interview on camera and, and the ball just, just reaches exactly. out and grabs it. And, and like he was focused on what he was saying. Exactly. His awareness was on. And granted, he's a professional mm-hmm. ball player, right? And I imagine half the people listening have probably seen the video because it, it got a lot of play. But that sort of awareness is the sort of thing that it sounds like you kind of have that turned on all the time. It's really useful. Okay. But afterwards, his mother, who was came in the room a few times while I was doing this, she says, it's really interesting. I said, well, you can do the same thing. She goes, me? I don't ever play baseball. I go, it's just catching. She goes, really? And then I didn't say, I was looking the other way while I was talking to her, and I was like this, and all of a sudden I threw the ball just like that. Mm-hmm. And went, banged her, and she went, <laughs> she caught it. <laughs> and she said, how did I do that? I said, we can do that all day. Come on, I'll show you a bunch of them. And she laughed, because she said, God, I thought it was only for little kids to be able to have this quality you were pulling out. I said, I'm not pulling it out. They're pulling it in with the energy, opening up those qualities we have inside of us that are there. It's part of your gift of life to be here and be able to uh, express yourself in a lot of different ways, which is another one of the eight, which is you get to have uh, no more of that word that people talk about, overwhelm, no more yeah. concern, no more that I've got to be anxious all the time. We have one lady that, if I, I, you would love this lady. I mean, I would say her name, but we'll just say she's a really attractive, uh, thin woman from the Middle East who was about to fail out of medical school. Okay. And so she came to me and she said, the um, uh, anxiety medicines aren't working, the psychiatric help isn't working, and I live with my parents, and I, I just somebody said that you could help all this severe anxiety. And my grade, I have test anxiety, my grades are terrible. Mm-hmm. And she was the lowest in her class. And so I said, yeah, this will work in that area. We've seen it with people much younger than you that your brain opens up and you can start to pull things in easily, like catching the ball. Right. So she, uh, over a year's time, uh, did the exercises. Uh, her grades not only got better, but she ended up becoming graduating in the top of her class, which is hard to believe, but it's true, and getting a position of um, either she was the president of the class or some large position on uh, in her class after that, after being a low person down here in terms of her uh, competence. But see, the competence was not where it came from out here. The competence came from within, wow. and so therefore her confidence went up. So she got off all the medications too. She's no longer on those medications. And uh, better story, the, the one of, I think the last part of the eight is in terms of relationships. Uh, she really, she says, well, I'm feeling so great. I think maybe I could leave my parents home and not uh, live there. Strike out on her own. Yeah, and she said, um, but you know, they've got it very, it's a Middle Eastern religion. I won't say which one, but it's very serious that you stay within this clan and we tell you everything what to do. And she said, I, you know, I'm afraid of their wrath. And I said, nah, just use the energy and you can communicate. Like you were talking about when you go home with, with your wife. And so uh, she did. And they had a peaceful separation. She got her own condo and worked out. Yeah. And then uh, the next thing she wanted, well, you think I can meet the right guy? I said, sure. We have, we have people ask for that every, I get letters on that every year. People tell me, and I've got pictures you see in the office, all those couples yeah, here. They're people yeah. who found their soulmate. Because the energy wow. allows you to be more attractive to the people that you want to be attracted That's to. That's the trick. So your soulmate all of a sudden gets closer to you, and then all of a sudden you're you're feeling, I really feel great with this person. Do people swipe right. right more often on you on Tinder? Is that? I, I don't know Tinder. I'm sorry. But <laughs> I, 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 I do know, I know they have. That, that was a joke for yeah, the millennials yeah. who are dating with apps. That yeah, but, but that you can find, we've been people have been able to find them on the uh, 
of the, the apps I've heard. Apps, but yeah. the point is that it's wonderful that you finally get to find the person that you want. Well, anyway, she actually then finally fell in love, okay? Beautiful. Well, not so beautiful. The guy isn't of that religion oh. or of that race or that ethnicity or anything. But she pulled it off. And mm -hmm. so then they had this big wedding that the family just said, oh, we're so glad, one, she's not you know, so anxious and nervous. Two, she got through medical school. Three, she's a woman on her own and we can trust her, which is really what I think all parents really want. Yeah. They just don't feel they can trust uh, their wonderful child to actually miss all the dangers in the world and still be successful and be happy. And they want somehow to think that either everything that the parent did, they want to reverse it, or they actually want you to just do exactly, and both of which is impossible because you're a different unique being, which is right. what counts. So, wow. so all those in the, in the different categories of what the energy is valuable for, uh, it comes with the treatment, uh, just each one of the treatments that you go through or the different audios are specific for certain problems, certain things you want to have happen, like brighter intelligence, less, uh, m more time, your time management becomes easy. You can multitask. So, so the, the treatments you do are, are usually for people at a certain level of success. They're really expensive. And you've, you're treating some of the most powerful people in the world, and, and the the school that you come from was to protect the emperor of China. Like this, this is some high end stuff. So these are people who got one on one treatments. But what you've done is you've basically taken this stuff and you've put it in videos and you teach it in larger groups, so it becomes more just more accessible to people who aren't fortunate enough to be able to you know, fly to L.A. and get an hour of your time. Yes, I was so worried that people wouldn't make the, uh, the, the, what do you call, leap, or at least investigate that it was possible to do it uh, through a medium like a listening or watching a video, uh, that it was possible to embed it in there, but you know they had disbelief. So what I did is I collected testimonials over the years, and I wouldn't really come out like now, be on the radar, or talk to people until I had you know over 10,000 testimonials of people in every one of these areas where they didn't matter whether they're five or 95, uh, I have all those different levels mm -hmm. where the people have had successes in each one of these areas we're talking about. So then I felt confident enough to come out and let people know this is here for you. This was my, this is what I want everyone to do. And it's, and it's not even difficult. It's easy. You just have to, like I was showing you earlier, you Wait. take five minutes in the shower or five yeah. minutes before you go pick up your kids and do some of these exercises. Interesting. It's not hard. You're, uh, you're really giving. And, and if, if you're listening, there's a very good chance you've read Headstrong on my new book on mitochondria. There's a, a mitochondrial meditation that's in the book. And I just called up Barry and said, hey, Barry, I need someone who can make a meditation that, that's all about mitochondria and about opening these things up. My understanding of mitochondria is, is that they are these ancient bacteria that are actually responsible for sensing the environment around us. And then they roll that up into yes. what we perceive later. Mm -hmm. So Barry, with, you didn't charge him anything either. You're just like, hey, sure, of course. So he, he, wrote, uh, he wrote the mitochondrial meditation, and there's a link in the book. And you decided also just to gift listeners with, uh, uh, with some of the exercises, just so yeah. you, you can try this if you want. Go to energyforsuccess.com slash Dave. There's no financial deal, None. no relationship. Nothing. Barry's my friend. He's my teacher. He's my energy medicine dude who charges me up when I need it. And I can call him and he does stuff that honestly you would think wouldn't be possible, but appears to be possible from my perspective. Uh, so energyforsuccess.com slash Dave, we'll put it in the show notes and on the blog and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and this is just a gift, uh, which yes. is, and, and thank you for offering that to people. I, I got to say, in, in my path, I, I 
you know, I'm a computer science guy. I studied artificial intelligence before we like to call it that, something called decision support systems. So I, I'm pretty geeky and have a relatively high skeptic meter, but also I'm willing to try anything because I also know that that just whatever whatever mechanisms I think work, there's probably something I don't know about, which is why I've done maybe 20% of all the strange stuff you've done. Uh, so there's something to what you do, and I can't exactly say why or how it works, but I, I do notice that there's a pretty potent effect. Well, I think all of us, this slight point here, I think all yep. of us, when we see a hurricane, we go, oh, isn't that exciting? Isn't that interesting? Somehow yeah. God, the, Mother Nature created this, force that goes around. I wonder what's in there. Mm-hmm. You know, and as you know, the energy that's in a hurricane can you know, light up a city for, right. for a period of time and even more. And then we all see energy flowing through, uh, used to be through wires, now it's through Bluetooth in the air or Wi-Fi, mm-hmm. but you don't see it. Right. You don't feel it. And this is, you're, everybody's getting there it's closely. They're now, it won't be long till they can go, well, maybe there is vibrations that are possible to detect with my body. Maybe I am a tuning fork. Mm-hmm. Maybe I am a tuning fork and these vibrations are here and the ones that uh, you know, the sensors are open for, then you can go with that vibration. So if you want to be a better uh, artist, uh, even though you're, uh, that's, you've already had two careers, we have people that go out and be artists and sell their paintings. We have people that get married at, uh, uh, we have a guy who got married at 70, found the, his soulmate. Wow. Yeah, it's really, really great. And uh, he'd never met her before. He just started 70. He said, can this work for me? Because, you know, I'm already, my kids are grown and uh, my wife passed. And so I'd really like to have, find the greatest woman. I said, okay, great. Uh, do you know what you want? He says, yeah. Do you know what, what things you really don't want? And he says, yeah. I said, so, okay, so I think we can do this. So you start doing these exercises you, and then follow them. And it should be, uh, within a period of time, you should find the right person. He says, well, you know, there is one thing I got to tell you, though, doc. He said, I don't have a car. I said, really, you don't have a car, really? He said, yeah, I ride a bicycle sometimes, but I'm a rider. So usually I just walk up and down a few blocks uh, and I work at the coffee shop. And then I don't go very far because the Whole Foods isn't too far either. I said, that's great. Why are you telling me that? He said, well, I want the woman to be in that area so I can find her because I have no way of, I have no place to go anyplace else and someone's gonna drive me. I'm 70 years old. And I said, okay, so you wanna have her within a certain distance so you can meet her? He said, yeah, that's what I want. So. We have, uh, I think it's going to be on the website, his entire testimony about how he did meet the woman of his dreams, walking down the, his own, two blocks away from his house, where he, a friend of his, uh, he was talking to that, he saw the guy who was talking, he was talking to some woman who actually lived in the house, and then they got into connection, and then you're in this space where if you meet someone of like heart and mm-hmm. mind, and their sensors are open towards love and relationship, this is what happens. So now they're a, a permanent a couple, and they've actually gotten married. Very cool, Barry. Within walking distance. Well, this has been a a fascinating interview, and I've got to ask you the final question that I've asked every one of the guests except like show 87 or something, where I forgot that one time out of 420-something different shows. 420 successful shows. Yours are a lot of them. I I hope they're all successful, 420 shows anyway. Now... If someone came to you tomorrow and said, look, Barry, I want to be better at everything I do. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to perform better at just being a human. Three most important pieces of advice you have for them. What would they be? The three most important things, it's, I would say the first thing is you need to open your eyes and wake up to the fact that all throughout life, you've had this 
uh, at least maybe no one told you directly, but it's in the culture, it's in the cultural milieu, that your life is supposed to go like this, and then like this, and like this, and, and like this. For people listening, it's like up, down, up, down. Well, up, down, but always in a declining down. Okay, right. So that the down is never back up to the next up. So you keep going down till finally it's over. Okay. So that life is not that way. It does not have to be that way. Life can be on the way up, 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 and you can get stronger. You can fly a plane at 82, 83. You can heal, your bones can get stronger. You can be able to do, a, so you can find the love of your life at 70. All those things, if you're just being a human being, that you can do those things, that your life does have so many things in it that are uh, able to be fused, uh, uh, fueled by this energy. So if you just connect with this source energy, with all these vibrations, uh, your life can just zoom forward in all those areas we talked about, which is a real freedom. Uh, second thing would be uh, that I don't think there's a person out there that won't agree that, well, there's, you, know, you may be a great business person, you may be a, a great athlete, but you know, there's other areas in your life that you really would like to have great, because that's what we all are. We want this balance of being able to see both you know, the trees and the water and hang with our family and our kids and be successful in business and be healthier and become more creative. So in all those areas, you're not limited. In the past, someone convinced you. Someone convinced you could do maybe only so many. Mm -hmm. But inside, you know that there is other ones. You know that there's more things that you want to accomplish. You know that there's a mountain that you want to climb like I climbed and that you, in certain different areas, and you can do it with this energy. It isn't like you're limited. You don't need confidence and push that on yourself and say, I'm positive, I'm positive, I'm positive, although it is good to be positive. You need to experience your competence, and that's what these exercises do and the videos do. So, so there's a way to get to it. And then the third thing is, um, yeah. Third thing is that in our lives, the way we've sort of been instructed, just like the little boy playing baseball that wasn't successful, we've been instructed pretty much that, you know, it's, it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard. You're going to have to practice 10,000 hours, and you're going to have to do all this work, and then maybe, kid, maybe you'll be as good as this player from the past, but maybe not. You better study his videos. Versus life can be so much easier and have flow, and you can be in the flow state all the time. You can be in the zone all the time. This thing that people want to get with mindfulness or meditation. So many of those clients have come to me and say, this whole thing bypasses the long road to getting what people want in mindfulness or what they mm -hmm. want in meditation, and it augments them so that they're able to get the benefits from it easily, and they stay with it. Even people who are very religious. I've had priests, uh, rabbis, monks come, and, and they say it doesn't affect your religion. It makes it more visible and experiential so that they can really go out and do a better job in that. So those would be the three biggest things. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. Barry, thanks for being on Bulletproof Radio, and thanks for the, the work you've done for me, and, and thanks for, for gifting some of your exercises uh, for listeners to try, and, and thanks for writing the mitochondrial meditation in Headstrong. Uh, you've, uh, you've been doing this for quite a long time, sort of under the radar as a, yeah. as a quote, real doctor, and now you're sort of coming out of that and yeah. just saying, I'm, I'm been doing all, the, all these years I've been doing both uh, gastroenterology every day, and then doing the energy treatments at night, and then the lectures on the weekend. So I pretty much have worked a seven-day week for, I guess, about 15, 16 years. And the energy is the only way to do that effectively. Otherwise, you know, you'd get upset, burnt out, or you certainly would lose your verve. I can call you at one in the morning, and you're up just like I am. Yeah. And, and people don't understand that kind of energy. Yeah. And it's, 
you know, it, it, it's it's phenomenal. I didn't always have the level of energy I do now, and certainly some of your work is, is a part of it. Having mitochondria that function is a big part of it. Yeah, that's it's wonderful. Being able to make power. Yeah, right? massive uh, support from your supplements keep the mitochondria going like they need to and growing, the, like all your material says. And then at the same time, well, what are they? What are they also supposed to do? Well, they're supposed to be pulling in this energy, yeah. not just making it from a certain piece of food or vitamin that you took, they gotta go together. And it comes from the environment around you, which mm-hmm. is fascinating that, that epigenetics is teaching us that and yeah. your 5,000 year old tradition. Like, right. look, at, look at the world around you. What's it doing to you right now? And what are you doing to it? Yeah. That's what it comes down to. And that's why yeah, we're even West, you know, Western medicine finally came around with some things like this, where they say, well, you know, y'all probably should go out in the sun a little bit because you're getting vitamin D deficient. And why? Because you don't take in enough sunlight. What is sunlight? energy. What does that energy do? Your body absorbs it into the melanocytes, and then those sites make these little crystals with ATP. Mm -hmm. And if you have enough ATP, you make those crystals, and then you have a nice covering in your skin of color that protects you from, you know, x-rays and things like that, uh, radiation. So it's already there. It's just people don't want to look at it because they go, it can't be that way. It's, it it would, you know, but it, it all fits together. I've had scientists come to me, some in Silicon Valley where you've, spent a bunch of time, uh, who were working on other things, and they all say, this allows me to stay creative much longer during each day and be able to come up with some things that, I, that they really want to contribute to humanity. And it's yeah. profound stuff. Uh, so, I, so, so thanks again. I, I appreciate it. And I appreciate just that you spent so many years questing to find this stuff, and that you went through all the, the struggle to do it, and also that you're, you're making it a little easier than climbing to the top of a mountain or you know, spending thousands of dollars an hour with a very limited amount of time. Yeah, no one has to do that anymore. Yeah. Nobody yeah. has to do that anymore. It's done. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's cool. And so I, I definitely listen to the exercises or do the exercises. Well, sometimes I can say I'm not that, I'm not that disciplined in doing the exercises because sometimes I'm a little busy, but I'm getting better. Yeah, not and, only we're all, we're all getting better, I still do the exercises every morning. Yeah. I mean, all these years, I spend, you know, uh, at least an hour, doesn't matter if I'm in a it's hotel. Been an hour? You're yeah. telling me 15 minutes. I told you that with time, you may <laughs> want to do more. As you see, you can do more. But yeah. you can do it, you, if, you, it if you took five minutes out, you know, five times a day, yeah. how much time would that be? Yeah, you, you can fit it in. Yeah. Well, thanks again. And if you liked today's episode, I think it was a profound episode. We went longer than normal because it's interesting and fascinating. You know what to do. Actually, there's a couple things you do. One, Go out there and pick up a copy of Headstrong. Headstrong just made the monthly bestseller list in the New York Times in the science category, sandwiched between two amazing books by the same author. One's called Sapiens, the other one's called Homo Deuce, which is uh, phenomenal. This is a kind of a who's who list. The, the Hidden Life of Trees is on the list. And just for Headstrong to hit that in the science category, not advice and how to, was, was an incredible honor. And your, your work is in the book. You certainly mentioned in it. And uh, so you could go out there and you, you could pick up a copy of the book, I'd, I'd be really grateful if you did that because we're still working on staying on the list. Uh, the other thing you could do is you could just go to iTunes and leave a review that says like that you like this, that this was cool. Share it with someone because this is awesome. This is a, a path that you don't really, you don't tell your story too much. You, you're very humble about it. And I think we managed to get some of it out of you. So anyhow, I, I hope you enjoyed this as much as I did. Have a wonderful, whatever time of day it is that you're listening to this in your commuter at work or wherever else you listen to it, in the bathtub, whatever the heck you do. And I look forward to seeing you on the next episode. The Human Upgrade, formerly Bulletproof Radio, was created and is hosted by Dave Asprey. 
The information contained in this podcast is provided for informational purposes only and is not intended for the purposes of diagnosing, treating, curing, or preventing any disease. Before using any products referenced on the podcast, consult with your healthcare provider, carefully read all labels, and heed all directions and cautions that accompany the products. Information found or received through the podcast should not be used in place of a consultation or advice from a healthcare provider. If you suspect you have a medical problem or should you have any healthcare questions, please promptly call or see your healthcare provider. This podcast, including Dave Asprey and the producers, disclaim responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. This podcast may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products or services. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to herein. This podcast is owned by Bulletproof Media.